0: Welcome to Destination Boarding, a podcast brought to you by Boarding Schools Expo Australia, your go-to for everything you ever wanted to know about boarding schools. Hi, my name's Amanda Ferrari and I'm looking forward to bringing you wonderful stories from people right across the Australian boarding schools landscape. Whether that's students, parents, ex-students, leading professionals within boarding school communities and even some conversations among the team here at Boarding Schools Expo Australia. I was born, raised and educated in Sydney and never in my wildest dreams did I imagine being married to a fourth generation farmer on the western slopes of New South Wales, let alone raising a few country kids. It's been the best ride, up, down, coasting or flat out. I've loved it. Part of that. Pride has included deciding to explore the option of a completely diversified education for our children, one that moved them away from their hometown, opened their eyes to different cultures and experiences, and one where they were really able to develop their tolerances for those that have an alternate view of life. Through this podcast, Destination Boarding, we can share the stories of boarding school life, we'll talk to experts about Australian boarding schools in the 2020s, and generally demystify what it means to be part of boarding school community. Hi and welcome to today's episode. We often talk about the differing needs of children, their interests, their strengths, challenges, maturity levels. When we're considering boarding schools for our children, sometimes those differences come into play. It's not unusual to hear of families sending all of their children to different schools. In fact, it's becoming increasingly more common. Boarding schools are built on a foundation of care and aspiration for your child, They're wanting to get the best out of your child, the best that that kid can muster. And I guess we all know that sometimes what's good for the goose isn't necessarily good for the gander. I think that's how the saying goes. Not the case for our guest today. Di Holtz is from outback New South Wales opal mining town of Lightning Ridge. She had an adventurous childhood. She was the daughter of migrant parents who travelled back and forth across Australia chasing dreams, and instilling in Di and her siblings a fascination for learning and diversity of culture. Eventually, the family settled in Lightning Ridge, and Di's mum, to this day, is a renowned opal jeweller there. Di and her hubby, Russell, made their home at Lightning Ridge too. They've raised their three children there, Zora, Archer and Mac. Now young adults, all loving the paths that they're on. I knew the Holtz family from our own time at the King School in Sydney and what I really wanted to talk about with Di was how did the school accommodate her sons and their different interests. Archer is now a New South Wales Waratah and Australian Rugby Union representative. And Mac, who is currently studying for a Bachelor of Business and Design, at school he was a promising ballet dancer rising in the ranks of the performing arts. I wanted to know from Di how... Did she find that King's, a school that's often associated with sporting prowess and rough-and-tumble country boys, how did she find that King's lifted Mac up to shine in the performing arts and actually support partnerships that enabled him to reach the highest ranks? The conversation jumps around a little and we did have a few problems with sound, but please hang in there. Di's a few years beyond boarding school now, but she really brings home how valuable their time in Sydney was and the lifelong friendships made for the entire family. Joy. Di, can you tell us a bit about where you grew up and, and your experiences of growing up before we find out more about the education path that you followed for your children? My mum and dad
1: were migrants. My mum's from Bosnia and my dad's from Croatia. My dad came to Perth, my mum came to Sydney and they met in the middle of Australia in Andamuka in Central Australia. They are both, I don't know, big adventure people and I used to think, you know, they was so different growing up. I was embarrassed and then I look at these cool Brazilians and people that travel in combis and they're brave and they're suntanned and they're gorgeous and they're smart and they're capable. And I thought to myself the other day, they're actually my mum and dad. They're pretty cool people. They're you know, full of adventure. And dad, he um, started as a lumberjack and then got into the mines around Kalgoorlie. And so a place called Kulgadi. And then he was working there and he spoke a few languages. So he had a lot of men work under him that were also migrants. And so he was spending pretty good money. He was a rock bolter in the mines one day oh he had a few schools too so where there were cavings and different things and he thought to himself one day what am I doing here I, I didn't I didn't leave my homeland and my family to be in a mile working for somebody so he it was never about money for that he was never going to be tied to that so um he packed his bags and found heard, heard about Andamuka where there were you know the, the opal mining industry was going off at the time so this little place in a middle of South Australia and there were 3,000 miners there at the time and he'd mine, spend all his money, go back to the gold mines. So he was a FIFO before FIFOs were a thing. Yeah. Go back to Kalgoorlie uh, where he had a couple of houses at the time and he'd mine again for a little while, build up his kitty and then go and spend it all away mining. But it was wow. about the adventure. Seeing so Australia, he explored everywhere he went. He explored Western Australia. He found found fields of chrysoprase the sides of human heads he said you know it was the things he saw the things we did were amazing mum she was um only 19 at the time when she first came to australia and i said to her mum what was it like and she said it was like i was deaf I was dumb and I was blind. And, I said, <laughs> and she said, well, I was deaf because people were talking to me and I could not understand. I was dumb because I couldn't tell them anything I needed. And then I was blind because I cried so much.
0: Oh, that. Di, I thought you were going to say she was just so in love, she just followed blindly. But oh, that oh. really that anyway, breaks she my heart. Who had a brother and they got on the Indian Pacific, the big old train that heads across all the way to
1: Western Australia. But they got off at a place called Pimba. In South Australia, and um, headed north to Andamooka. And my mum was a waitress. She worked everywhere she went. So she's as much as my my dad's not money driven. Yeah, my mum was determined that she was going to make something of herself. So every she everywhere she went, she got a job. She was saving. I was born. We moved to Ka- Kalgoorlie when um, I was I was born in Port Augusta. And I was just a little baby. We moved to Kalgoorlie because. Then my brother came along and, you know, family was coming, so Dad needed more of a steady income. But Dad was never happy, so he moved us all back to Andamuka I think, when I was about four or five. So, and then my mum suffered a lot from rheumatism. She couldn't walk some days. I remember as a child, her having to almost crawl to the bathroom because growing up where she lived in Bosnia, and like it was a big poverty and she lived on a farm and sometimes the snow, you could just never get dry, you know. Mm. My dad, had, we had some Italian friends who owned the soft drink company in Anderbuka and they bought the drive-in Lightning Ridge and my dad helped them move to Lightning Ridge. The early 70s, the whole... West of New South Wales Had to have floods there So everything was green It was just like this season That we've got now The first time you ever see Western New South Wales And it looks like this But lightning like, you see Andamuka is a desert It's red Red, red desert dirt Yeah So it took a week For them to drive From Andamuka To Lightning Ridge And then My dad helped them unpack And for about three weeks He came back And he said to my mum I found paradise on earth I found <laughs> open mining Yeah. For me I found artesian water That will heal you. It's green and there's life and we can have a garden and our kids can have school because it was a good school. Yeah. Lightning Ridge was happening and it was the beginning of its time. And So we packed up and went to Lightning Ridge. Dad didn't find Opal in Lightning Ridge so he thought it was not lucky for him so he tried to pack Mum up again and go to Queensland Yeah. And uh, on the boulder Opal and my mum said no but my dad's, I don't know,
0: desire for adventure was too strong so he went. And you and and your Brother and mum stayed in Lightning Ridge. Yeah, and my little sister as
1: well, she's six and a half years younger than I. We stayed in Lightning Ridge. Actually, by that time, well, being back towards Queensland, but by that time, I think I was at the second week of first term in year eight. Yeah. My mum sent us to boarding school. Yeah. So my, my brother and I, my sister stayed with her because it was, a bit, it was hard for mum. She had a small business, a jewellery shop. She got into opal, opal cutting, and she's, you know, still doing it today. Wow. 73 years old, probably one of the best in the industry. I know, Linda from Lightning Ridge, you know, haven't been to Lightning Ridge. Linda from Lightning Ridge, <laughs> 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 there you go. Yeah, yep. nails though. She sent us to boarding school and I remember crying. For two weeks, it was. I just didn't want to be there. But the funny thing was, after two weeks, I never didn't want to go home. I, yeah, I, I just wanted to be back at Walden High School. I was in Walden High School. Yeah. I was popular. I was all of a sudden started to look like a girl. Yeah, then I found myself at
0: Red a completely
1: different school,
0: Red Bend College at Forbes.
1: Yeah, in yeah. Forbes. so I met some awesome people from the towns around me. Yeah, yeah I played sport. I started played basketball. I started playing netball dance, yeah. not, 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 nothing like boarding schools are today. Yeah. But for me it was like, wow, And then there was footy on the weekends and, like, it, you know, Red Band would play Yanko and the Oval would be full of people. It was really, really, <laughs> like for yeah. a little girl from Lightning
0: Ridge. It would okay. have been ama- amazing to have all those yeah. things at your fingertips. With that in mind and your experience, do you think, did that really fashion your thinking into you were definitely going to send your children to boarding school? Do you think that played a part or...?
1: Had I definitely
0: think it did. Yeah. I, I always thought that I would send my kids to boarding school. My husband didn't. He, he um,
1: came from a different background. Yeah. So he he came from a beautiful family. His dad was in the navy. They moved around a lot, which gave him a lot of experiences. But at the same time, he grew up at home. You know, you went home dinner every night. Yeah. But he always lived in places where there was sport. So he lived in Melbourne. He played AFL. He then moved to. Um, the mountains, and his dad was at Garden Island, so he got heavily involved in cricket. It's more than just sport, though. For me, I'm not a great athlete by any means. My sister does okay. Yeah. For me, sport is about teamwork being part of a team more than just teamwork. it's about trying and keep on trying so i think it's an important part of even if your child isn't necessarily sporty just to encourage me to encourage them into that environment is a good thing
0: you know mm. or where that environment is played mm. you know mm. so so when you had archers your eldest and i'll just no, Zora's my oldest. Oh, Zora is your eldest. I yeah. apologize. So I'll just fill them in a bit, fill the listeners in. Our sons all went to the King's School in Parramatta and I'm I was aware of Archer through his rugby and, and Mac through his performing arts. So both excelled at vastly different things. I guess one of my burning questions for you, Di, is knowing your children from birth and they're all vastly different. And you chose the same school for both your boys. Zora's a girl. She went to a girls' school, to Tara, which is next door to King's, for those of our listeners that don't know. Can you just explain to me, I'm really interested to know, and I know a lot of other parents would be, because I hear so often these days, and, and no, no right or wrong decision here, but a lot of parents say to me, you know, our children are so different, we're going to send them to different schools. and I just wondered how did Kings accommodate your two sons who were had both had different interests and do you think it it suited both of them? How, how did that play out for you? Was it Arch to Kings? He was in Year 5, so that puts Zora right in Year 6 and Mackie
1: somewhere in Year 3 or 4 is younger and he didn't go a year early like Arch. So what happened was, first of all, Arch was at Lightning Mutual Primary School in Year 3. Mm. And there was a lot of experimentation going on with education. There was a lot of funding to be able to do these experiments. And Arch was put in, in Year 3, he was put in a, a 3, 4, 5, 6 class. So the bottom kids of Year 6 were with the top kids of Year 3, of which there may have been two. Yeah. And then there were some clever Year 4s and some kind of standard year fives, in a sense. I had no issue with that, other than some of the kids that were in year six were a bit more
0: grown up than my year three by me. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: and you hear <laughs> this happens so often in small bush communities, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, and then there, he was playing footy because we were playing
0: Southern Queensland division. Mm. They play weight.
1: So if you're over 38 kilos, you can't play in the rep team. Oh. It doesn't matter how good you are. If you're that, that age, you can go up to the next age group. But then how do you do that if there's a child in the next age group who's worked his way to be selected? And then here you are, a kid that shouldn't possibly be in that age group and you take your spot. That's mm. also not fair. So anyway, it was just for me that was, didn't sit right. Yep. I think we touched on this briefly before mm. we started the interview. Marge um, got picked to go to a place called Morambilla, Yeah, so the regional choir, and there were lots of kids from well, lots of different towns across regional New South Wales.
0: For our listeners, I'll just jump in here. Morumbilla, and Di, correct me if I'm wrong here, it was established to give children... The experience of music and creating music, am I right? Absolutely. And it's such a high Outback Children, so, like regional and yes. Outback Children. For our listeners, there are a couple of great programs you can watch, and it is the most amazing, amazing foundation and organization. Okay. Wide Open right. Skies. And yep. then there's another one called Outback Choir. Outback Choir. ABC I View. So, listeners, honestly, if you have an opportunity to watch those, you will laugh, you will cry, but it will absolutely warm your heart. But anyway, Di, so Arch gets selected in Morumbilla.
1: Yeah, he comes back and he's so
0: alive with what he's
1: learned and what he's seen and, and I thought oh, I'll go as a supervisor mm. in, to the camp. Or I was just blown away. Like how can these kids be learning so much in such a short time and you're learning from. Classically trained musicians that are part of the Sydney Symphony or went to the Conservatorium of Music is unreal, and you're writing new Australian music, music that's written specifically about Australia, about the bush, about where these kids come from. A little bit, oh, man. I wouldn't even be scared to say it's a bit like Banjo Paterson's poetry or you know Henry Lawson's poetry because yeah. of today. So because it's yeah. unreal, it's about us, it's about our home. It's, yeah. Um, so, and then Arch came home and said, Mum, oh, I just love it so much, but you know who'd get so much out of this? It'd be Mac. Mac would just love it. Yeah. Anyway, Mac was too, up, too young, but I had Zora. So I got Zora into the choir as well. I begged because, it was, you know, it was a selection process. Yes. For some reason, whatever it was, Zora didn't sort of qualify. But she she kind of might have missed the audition. I don't know what happened, but she didn't. She had to go through the whole process. She didn't audition and she got in. So I had the two kids, Ian Moore and Miller. The way I saw Art grow through that, I don't know, different approach to learning, I just went, you know what, this kid needs more, and that sort of planted the seed. wasn't eligible for rep footy, yeah. so all his mates were going to footy. was in yeah. his class where he was in year three with the four, five, sixes, so they were trying to yeah. extend him, but it wasn't really working. Yeah. He was kind of becoming disinterested and a little bit naughty, and you know, little boys are so good and then all of a sudden something, I don't know, can sometimes break in them and they're just I don't know what happens. Yeah, it
0: sometimes can't even be resurrected, isn't it? So it's yeah, kind of really in, I, it's amazing. It's so important that that you saw that and recognised it and you even as much as it broke your heart it oh, I cried before years when yeah, I yeah. said them. I yeah. did. It was
1: the most I'm not um bragging about us and what Russell and I had to do, but yes. uh, you have to be so unselfish at that moment, Yes, you know. So I ran a King School. I got onto a beautiful uh, lady, Debbie DeBell. Oh, I remember team. Debbie. She, she was Deb. amazing. Yeah. yeah, and she put me through to Mr Hilliard. Yeah. We got an interview. And another thing too for us, it's about the whole journey has been about relationships. It's been about, you know, if you're interested in sending your child to a boarding school, don't be scared to make the phone call. Don't be scared to, you know, like there was no reason that we should have made that phone call. There's no re- We couldn't afford it. Yeah. We couldn't. We weren't. Eligible for bursaries. We weren't eligible for ICPA because yeah. we didn't come from
0: the land. Yeah, yeah. But So you lived made... in town, Di. Is that what you said? We saying? lived
1: in town. Yeah. yeah we lived yeah. in town. In, yeah. In, in... But we, I knew we had so much to give, you yeah. know? Yeah. So got onto Mr. Hilliard, went and met Mr. Hilliard, got a tour of the school, met um, lots and lots of people. And Arch was just like, can I go tomorrow? Yeah. So by this time, Arch was in year four when we had the interview. I spoke with Mr. Hilliard. I said, okay, I. I'm happy to send him next year. He goes, we'll have him next year. I said, I'm happy to send him next year. actually had to sit some exams first. So first of all, we were given some exams that he had to sit. In Lightning Ridge, he had to sit them with the HSC convener, so the guy that does the yeah, HSC yeah. stuff. So he was by himself and sat the exams because we couldn't get down to Sydney. but that's fine. That happened. Fortunately, his results were, well, apparently they were pretty good. So I said, I'm happy to send him, but is there any possible way? Because he was a year younger. Potentially, he could have repeated year four. Yeah. Mr. Hilliard, under his advice, said no. And uh, I was a bit worried about that, that he was going to go into year five because I sort of thought to myself, well, if he goes into year four, he's going to be – because he's always punching above his weight. Yeah. He's going to have a chance to be a bit bigger. He's going to have a chance to be a bit smarter, and he's going to have a chance to be – because it was, you know, trying to give your kid every chance. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Hilliard and Dr. Pedersen – they both, we spoke with him and they both said, no, nah, he's he, year five. And I guess they know better than we do. Well, they've got a lot I of
0: experience, haven't
1: they? Yeah, everyone yeah, you deal
0: with at all of these schools, they this is what they're doing day in, day out. And they've, they've got so many comparables, you know, they've seen it all, haven't they? Absolutely, and you have to trust them, yes. you know. That's um, really hard, isn't it, that letting go?
1: That is so hard, but at the same time, it's, it's real. Yeah. It's very, they are so committed to giving your child everything they promise. Yes. Because that's what keeps them alive. And that's and their report card
0: isn't it? That's their that's, report card. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's right. And um, So we packed Arch up and we sent him. He was 9 and then in March he turned 10 and we took a big chocolate cake to the boarding house and yep. he was in Gow Bray. There were lots of kids there. There were lots of Year 7s. They were all new too so having a big chocolate cake in the boarding house was okay. Yeah. <laughs> they were to be in Year 7 and be little boys and it was really lovely. There were some Year 12 monitors mm. who are still Arch's Really good mates. Yeah. And there were some GAP students from England who are still Arch's really good mates. So he went to um, England on cricket tour and rugby tour afterwards. They went and watched him. They'd find him where he was playing and they'd go and watch him. So amazing. And then, so we had Arch there for two years, that first year, and then Zora started at Tara. So we searched schools for Zora. We looked at... um, A number of schools. number of schools, yes. She was also made offers too, but... We were stuck in traffic one day and Zora said, I really want to go to Tara. Yeah. I don't know why she chose it, but and I think that's an important part of the process. Your child needs to be happy. Yes. Whether, And I think, too, for us, picking Kings for Arch, in a sense, was about support networks. Mm. So Russell's parents lived in the Lower Blue Mountains, yeah. 30 minutes from Kings. Russell's dad, he ministered at St John's, in Parramatta sometimes went to King's and did that in that time this is when Russell was like two years old oh, yeah. so this is a long time ago so he had a bit of a relationship with King's not really but other than oh I've been there once or twice you know what yeah, mean? Like, yeah we really had no idea
2: for many families in rural and remote Australia where they live means boarding school is an option they need to consider Boarding Schools Expo Australia provides a welcome mat between parents and boarding schools. Everything you ever wanted to know in one place. They've been a trusted resource for families for 18 years with over 11,000 children attending their expo events. Australia's a big country. Distance shouldn't be a deal breaker and that's why they've launched Boarding Expo 365, a new virtual expo open all year round for families wherever they live. Wander online from booth to booth and connect directly with exhibiting schools right from your kitchen table. Register today for free and you'll receive an invitation to tune in to the first ever Australian Boarding Schools Summit online on the 21st of October. Parents, students, staff and industry leaders coming together to open up the conversation about boarding schools and their communities. Check it out at boardingexpo.com.au. It's truly destination boarding. From wherever you call home.
0: Archer obviously went from strength to strength. How many years later did Max start? Arch was in, I think, year nine mm-hmm. or year eight. By that stage, Archer's made his friends. He's, look, as we know, he, he's a a good sportsman for the listeners. He plays for the Waratahs, rugby union. He's yeah, he's about happy. to
1: lace up his boots for Australia A this weekend. Is he? We just, yeah, we, you we can't just tell me that in the middle of the interview. I have connections. Oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> we wow. We just got the, um, the Instagram message and he's <gasps> um, number 18. <laughs> oh,
0: congratulations. Yeah, yeah he, he's He's happy. doing so well. Yeah, he's in Japan, he's in Tokyo and, Yeah. yeah. Oh. He's going. He's going okay. Yeah, he's, he's going, a good, he's a, he's a great young man. I mean, I haven't seen him for quite a few years now. But anyway, so Max starts
1: and Max starts. No, Max before Max started, yes. there was a bit of it. wasn't easy. So Arch had been been at King's for five years. Max has been doing his journey with us. We didn't miss a rugby game. Yeah. We'd we'd work until four o'clock on a Friday. Pack our car up. Head to the Blue Mountains. Get to Nana's at you know twelve or one o'clock in the morning. Uh, oh,
0: wake up in the morning and, like, the younger your kids are, the earlier the games start. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you can't wait for them to get up and if they get up in those high grades, hey, we're not playing till 3, you? Yeah. We can actually drive to Sydney on the Saturday and if you've yeah. got enough stamina, you can be home 2 o'clock Sunday morning. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. So, yeah, but it was great. It yeah. was awesome. but. Mac was at Lightning Central School and enjoying it, loving it. Uh, we had a beautiful piano teacher, Mrs. Reed and Jill Reed, and she, she came from a farm and she'd come in every Tuesday and give the kids piano lessons and singing lessons. And um, Mac loved it. Um, there was a teacher there, Miss Shari, she taught dance. Mac was into that. Yeah. And
0: There's Mac that beautiful kid. scene in Wide Open Sky, the Netflix program for about Moranbilla, and he's on the tin roof. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that scene. It's
1: just beautiful. He, he's still he's, back he's back dancing on
0: the is It's unbelievable.
1: Yeah. He, the way he sees the world yeah. is just special di- and still so different. King's nurtured that. Tell um, us about so, that. Tell us. So year three, Nuck gets into Morundula. So he's one of the four kids selected to sort of be followed by the people who were doing the documentary. People have this perception of Kings that it's the rugby player, the academic, the roller, the old boy, everything that Mac wasn't. Mac finished year six at Lightning Ridge Central School and couldn't write a sentence. Not that he couldn't because Mac started kindy at Lightning Ridge Central School, and the teacher, we went to parent-teacher interviews and Mac's the first child in the class to write a sentence. And we're like, oh, that's so cool. The only problem is it's completely backwards. Oh, wow. <laughs> and we're, I'm like, oh, Russell, he's a genius. And the teacher's <laughs> like, that's not meant to happen. Yeah. <laughs> but I knew he was smart. I knew he was capable, yet it just didn't happen. Year six comes, Mac couldn't write a sentence oh. and people – At Lightning, teachers were like, sure, Kings. And I'm like, but Dr. Hawkes had given some speeches and it just inspired us so much that we knew that as different as Mac was to Arch and as much as Arch was getting from that environment, Mm. we knew that for Mac it was going to be even better. We, We just knew that. Mac went to Kings in Year Seven. They put him in an ESS class, which is uh, English Special Services or something. I don't even know. We were there to be parents, and we trusted the teachers to do the teaching part. They built sca- what they said was called it—was scaffolding around Mac. Mm. So they stayed with Mac the whole time until Year Twelve, and every year they removed some of the scaffolding. So he finished Year Twelve doing Advanced English. And he did really, really well. Like he didn't. I think he he actually ended up with a better ATAR than Archer ended up yeah. with. I still don't know. I mean, really don't care about those things. In a, in a sense, no, it's no. not but about I think that. But anyway. really,
0: what really I found compelling when you were talking to me earlier was how the boys are so different and yet. When Mac arrives, Archer sees how Mac is able to pursue his passions of, of singing, dancing, whatever they were. Yeah, so you can,
1: the documentary came
0: out while Mac was in year seven. Yeah. And um, an old king's boy,
1: an old boy, saw the documentary. Mm. He was a patron of the arts. His name's Dr. Uh, Father Arthur Bridge. Yeah. And he's a patron of the um, Sydney Youth Ballet. So he also was like, A sponsor, I suppose, of Muranbilla, parts of Muranbilla. So he contacted Michelle and Michelle rang us. We were in Sydney doing business. We were still in the opal industry at the time. She goes, do you know what this means? You know, they want, you know, he's going to get a chance at the Sydney. He's like, how do I navigate this with Kings? So we went to Dr Hawkes. We spoke to him and Father Arthur Bridge did that as well. Next thing we knew, Mac was Kings enabled him to As sport, rather than play rugby, because he was playing rugby, he could start doing ballet. So he um, would go to St Leonard's, to Tanya Pearson's dance studio, Mm. and he started to do ballet lessons full on from there. After a while, it became easier... A part- King's formed a partnership with the McDonald College. That's a performing arts yes.
0: public school. But that just tells you what they're willing to do to make something work tr- for someone. Yeah. And I and know th- you and I spoke about this earlier. Obviously both of us have got a special affiliation with King's, but we recognise too, and, and you know, we talked about this, that our boarding schools really do provide that support for families and children totally. to make well, things like- happen.
1: My bridesmaid, some of my best friends, their their kids went to Knox, to Shaw, schools. PLC, so many good schools, to to schools in Toowoomba. We've got Glenny, we've got Fairhome, so many good schools. Schools on the Gold Coast, TSS, Nudgee in Brisbane. Each person I speak with has that same
0: relationship. There are ups and downs, but it's about the long game.
1: You but know, that's
0: normal, isn't it? Even raising uh, your family, if you're doing that at home at your local school, there are ups and downs. We shouldn't expect that to be any different when we, when our children are doing their education away from home. Totally. And you actually become closer
1: to them. I, I reckon mm-hmm. that there may be times when they were at home and I was getting ready for work mm-hmm. and I may not have even looked my child in the eye, mm-hmm. I may not have mm-hmm. even... I just assumed they poured their cereal and had their breakfast, you know. <laughs> yes, And yes. when they're at boarding school, without fail, morning, Mum. Hey, Mackie. Morning, Mum. Hey, Arch. Morning, Mum. Hey, Zora. I'm on my way to breakfast. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. I'll talk to you in a minute. Oh, Mum, I just had um, second period. You know, got this in maths. Oh, that's awesome. Talk to you later. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I do. spent more time knowing and being in touch with them that way than I would have if I was continuously yelling at them to pick up their socks or...
0: I know, and I think that we know how hard it is to send them and that you've got to be a little bit selfish with letting them go. The positives, and apart from it's because of where we live. Not everyone sends their children to boarding schools. Some people live very close to some of the best schools that suit their children, but here at Boarding Schools Expo, we, we recognise that it should be an option, regardless of where you live. And for some people, where they live, Means that they have to go to boarding school, but I often used to say to my friends whose kids didn't go to boarding school because they either lived in Sydney or Dubbo or Orange or closer. Uh, they, you know, they would be tussling with their teenagers, and I'd say, "Oh no, we don't. We don't really have any problems because when they come home, they want to be at home." Yeah, I know. Yeah. And see, that happened with Arch too. So he was having
1: such a good time in Year Five and Year Six. There were mates that he was at the prep school. At Kings with, who then decided as day boys to become weekly boarders. So they yes. may have lived in Hunters Hill. Yeah. Their dads may have been boarders. They were country boys that then grew up to have city lives. Yeah. City lives that happens. One of which became captain of the King School. So it <laughs> wouldn't change his life or anything. Yeah, awesome kid, awesome family. Absolutely. And just because there's so much to at boarding schools. So for Zora as well in her school. There's so much, Atara, there's so much after school to do that their life is filled with. What I love, and I've said it before, is they are allowed to be kids. There are clubs and activities and things that are so meaningful to them to be involved
0: in and fill their days with. And the other thing you talked earlier about, Di, talk to me about the independence. You really highlighted that now that they're young adults.
1: Yeah, that's right. Now that they're young adults, going back to getting those phone calls whenever their kids needed me, I still get two or three short phone calls a day easily, yeah, yeah. you know, and we're still in touch and they're still really independent. They, Mac lives in Canberra. He's um, studying a double degree business and design. I mean, great guns, excelling at it. He cooks for himself, lives in a, in a flat by himself. Just he manages life better than I do sometimes. Yeah. Arch lives with some mates in Sydney. Some of the boys went to different schools than he did. One of them actually came from a school in Perth. He met them at college, and now they've moved out together. So,
0: do they all play rugby together, or they're just friends? No,
1: they don't all play rugby. No, there's two of them that play rugby: Arch and a young boy from Canada, Ian. Yeah. And then Will, his really really dear friend from when they were in Year Seven at Kings. He's um, doing a journalism communications degree, and he's um a commentator for Stan Sports. Oh, wow. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, very yeah. cool. very cool, yeah. very, very cool. Yeah. And another a young boy, he went to Scots and currently on exchange in America doing engineering, I think, and an engineering degree. Beautiful boy. And then, but that's what our kids get. Yes, that's being it. in a boarding school environment. Yeah. They, yeah, they're, they, they, they live oh, with a
0: variety of people, yeah. different cultures, backgrounds. The tolerances that's right. they build up. Oh, dive! We could talk all day. electrician? Yes. You know I mean? Tell me about. Um, Zora. Yeah. yeah, she's she's
1: a fully licensed electrician, and she works for a company that services the mines, yeah. and she just, she's going so well. She's also got a role in kind of like the operations yeah. side of things. Yes. Yeah. Just loves it. Before Arch flew out to Japan, they, they overlapped, I think, for two days, so we was able to have everyone at home oh. for two days, which was just lovely. We do everything we can to be together as often as we can. We also know that if anyone needs anything, we're there. At a drop of a hat, and we can
0: make it happen, and we've done it for a long time. And boarding schools definitely help that. Yeah, I definitely. think I think that's a really good spot to leave it, Di. I think summing you up, got three children, they are all vastly different, and not just because of gender. The boarding school experience has allowed them all to develop to their very best capabilities, and go on and enjoy the things that they want to enjoy as young adults.
1: Yeah, I just want to add, too, that the boarding school experience grew us as parents yes. and as adults. We, we're still, like, we're lifelong learners, whether we like it or not, parents. Yes. Boarding school enabled us to connect with people that we relate to that are also parenting and that also want to make that investment in their kids. It's about how much... You, it's a lot of money. Like, so there's a lot there's you have time. to give up, but there's a lot that you gain. But at the same time, you make that final payment, Mm. if you never did it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's beyond that. that. That investment is way beyond that.
0: Thanks for listening to Destination Boarding, brought to you by Boarding Schools Expo Australia and hosted by me, Amanda Ferrari. If you like this podcast, please share it with your friends, follow, rate and review. It helps other people find us. Catch you next time.